Hey everyone, welcome to the Thunk Tank Podcast. So this is part two of our conversation with our friend and wine expert, Alicia. So if you have not heard part one, go ahead and do that because this conversation just picks up where we left off. We cut the conversation in half. Um, otherwise, if you want to support the podcast, consider going over to patreon.com slash Thunk Tank Podcast and you can donate as little as $1 per episode, I believe, and helps us keep this thing going. Enjoy the episode. <laughs> Welcome to the Thunk Tank. Come in the tank. We're thinking and we're thinking. <laughs> and we're thunked. And we're thunked. Oh my god, I'm probably more beer than man if we go far enough back at this point. That's how you make yellow Hulk. You would have to eat the peels also. You gotta do what you gotta do. You just gotta <laughs> be the banana, man. Uh, wait, so why do they why do they say on it whether or not it contains sulfites? Then on the wine, why do they? I don't know. Some people. Um, is that not a legal thing they have to put on there? Yeah, they have to put it on there, and I don't know why. because oh. it's not harmful. But there, there are there's a very small percentage of people who, um, who are allergic to sulfites or to sulfur, and they know that though. Like they're like, no, I don't eat apri- I don't eat dried apricots. Or like, no, yeah. I when don't. you ask them I, the peanut butter and jelly thing, they're like, oh hell no, I've never touched jelly. Like, yeah, they're like, oh no, I don't. You know, I, I can't have raisins. Oh, no. so so it's 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 almost the equivalent of saying may contain or contains like process in the same factory right. as tree nuts it, and peanuts and it's a, it's a know, disclaimer whatever. like that essentially. I think so. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. I like how this is just turning into a Q and A wine. Uh, this is awesome. I have, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm jotting down so questions much. that are coming up as you answer. And I'm like, oh well, yeah. What about this? What about that? What about this? Um, like, uh, so because I was like, I'm like looking at the bottle. I was like, oh, sulfites. Okay, but it also says something on here, and I, I want to know if you think is this like marketing nonsense because it's cheaper, or is this actually true? The screw top closure helps retain the purity of flavors and freshness. Now, is that because screw tops are cheaper, or? Because uh, I know there are issues with corks, like the artificial corks. You see more and more. I would think that's trashy, but I guess they don't rot as well, or they, like the wine can actually last longer than if, uh, like, than a natural cork. And then I also want to ask you about those like weird needle things that stab through the cork. Uh, I, I have a lot of questions about cork. I might be able to find one of. Uh, never mind. No one. That's can, so no cool. Of course you have one. Do um, they work? <laughs> the, yeah. <they're, laughs> I thought I had heard somewhere that cork was going extinct and. People must have asked Google this so much that all I type in is cork going and Google has an immediate answer that says not extinct. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> Before I even finish typing. That makes sense, I d- yeah. Uh, I heard somewhere that it was endangered, but I don't think so. <laughs> it's um, in danger. Yeah, the, yeah I, you know, whenever I see a wild cork now, I just, I, I try to treat it well, you know. It is really cool how they harvest it. They like peel the bark off and then it grows back. So you can yeah. like... Yeah, just because they're not planting new ones. And then it ends up falling behind my oven and you find it a year later and you're like, hey, cork. Yeah, you are. Yeah, Yeah, I think that wine, uh, well, actually, I mean, it's, uh, I really think that wine under natural cork will last longer than wine under artificial cork or um, Stelvin, which is a screw cap. Um, uh, Stelvin? Yeah, the screw cap, it's called, it's a, it's a, the company that makes it's called Stelvin, S-T-E. Oh, I see. Uh, is the idea that it just seals better in terms of air getting in with a or cork? Seals a... better. Well, with a cork, or do you, you think it have... has some contribution to the flavor or something? There's risk with the corks with real cork. So, 
there's and that when they clean the corks sometimes they uh could there's a chemical called uh tca uh tetrachloric hydral acid something like that and then when someone says that a bottle of wine is corked um i mean this aroma is so strong that it actually faults the wine in the bottle mm -hmm. so that's the risk with real cork um, so you have no risk with that with a Stelvin closure, and you have no risk with that with a rubber cork. Um, although wines with a, a screw cap or with a, a rubber cork, they, they won't, they, they're not, those wines are not under that closure because they're going to age long. Those wines are s supposed to be consumed fre very fresh. Yeah. Mm. And, uh, yeah, but you always have that risk, you know, you buy a $50 bottle of wine, you open it up and it smells like wet newspapers. Um, which is like what it really smells like. And it's like the whole, you, your wine is ruined. You can't even. That happens with craft beer sometimes too, right, Johnny? Where you, you Especially think, with a stout, right? Yeah, you think you're aging a stout and then you crack into it two years later and something something uh, went awry, right? It's Yeah, with beer, it tends to be dissolved oxygen is what kills beer, uh, aging beer more than anything. And part of that is there's so many new breweries. It's like this brewery is not even 10 years old. So like they don't know how to, package beer to last some they might not know how to package a beer to last 10 years in a bottle yet and and that's they're doing it by hand is that something that initially it. gets in or something that gets in at some yeah. point it's it's something initially right yeah yeah i mean and you don't know like, it initially then you can only find even, out later right because it's sealed yeah. yeah even when you can like like uh like a like an ipa something you're not gonna age or like a, a like a lager you're still gonna like test it for dissolved oxygen. And if it's too high, you might be like, uh, you know, this is just going to go into kegs or like, this is just going to be sold locally or, right. um, cause it, it just shortens the shelf life drastic oxygen, oxygen in beer causes, uh, like a cardboard, like a wet cardboard kind of taste too. Um, I don't think wine has that same flavor cause you, uh, same issue with oxygen, right? Not with oxygen. Oxygen. Um, I mean, if, if it's, or if it's in the bottle, um, before the cork goes in or before the bottle is sealed. I mean, that's a problem because um, it's, it'll give oxygen to wine actually gives a more of a nutty characteristic, like a caramel nutty kind of thing. Um, but when you want to taste something really fresh, like Ferrari Carano Fumi Lock, you don't want it to taste like, I also want to just, uh, I mean, maybe this can be edited out or something, but if you, you guys have had the same glass of wine in your glass, I would dump it and pour a new one because I had to dump mine because it got too warm. And so by dump, you mean chug, and by pour a new one, sure. you mean pour a new okay, one. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I feel bad. I hate it, but I don't like wine. So can you dump it out and try and pour a new glass no, Kara, or put give, it back in the fridge? I'll, I'll, I'll finish okay. it for you. Well, no, I gave it to John. <laughs> <laughs> I poured it into mine. But what, well, is what it, don't you like about it, Kara? I feel like such... I, yeah. And what don't you like about it? Um, The, the smell is, all, is good. Mm. I like that. Is that a new glass? Pour yourself a new glass. No. Um, like the, what I would call like the mouthfeel in a beer, like where it like hits the back of your throat. Damn it, I got another And it's this like odd, very sweet, acidic. How do I describe it? It makes, it makes me make a face that like most people make when they drink scotch. But I like scotch. I, I find wines really hard and I feel like a, a plebeian. There's no accounting for taste. Yeah, really I mean it's it's possible like, that like. I want to like you just wine. don't like it, right? But well, there there's one type of wine that I have consistently liked, and it's a Spanish wine that starts with an S, and I can't fucking remember what kind. Was it the brand that has an S? 
No, no, no. It's the type of wine. Uh, so when you spit though versus swallowing, because like specifically in beer tasting, it's kind of hard to spit because it's carbonated and like you get it releases a lot of aromatics up into like the your like olfactory, like up in the back of the throat. I forget what the area what it's called in the olfactory. body, but yeah, yeah. Uh, but like you you get that feeds into the aromatics, which feeds into taste. Like you went over that already. So do you get much of a difference between? Like washing it over your palate down your throat and actually spitting it out? So when you when you spit wine, the proper technique is actually to swallow a little bit of it. Mm, okay. So oh, no, I was wrong, it's a tempranillo. Tempranillo. Because there's all the there's taste like taste buds on your tongue go like very far down your throat kind of because your tongue is like this really long muscle, right. I guess. Or, yeah, yeah. And so you are supposed to swallow a little bit, you know, to just coat that and then spit the rest of it out. Um, so you, you, yeah, you want to really cover all parts of your, you know, your, your mouth. Okay. See, I didn't know that I would have spit it all. I mean, I'm drinking all of it, but I would have <laughs> spit it out if I was. By the way, we just poured a fresh glass here. What a, what a change in the taste when it's um, not been sitting in my glass for like 15 minutes. Really? Yeah, that's good. I mean, it's, it's just like, like, it's like, um, it started, all the flavors started to get muted when it was sitting in my glass and then when I poured it fresh, obviously the temperature was a little colder, but like it, it was like it sprung back to life. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, was that a temperature thing or you think it's just like the ar aromatic, like it came out of the bottle and it's just kind of more alive kind of vibe? Yeah, I think I'm smelling, it's a temperature thing. I'm smelling Kara's fresh poured one and my old one from when we first poured and like hers is so much more fruity on the nose. This one, the old one is just, it just smells like wine. Johnny, did you leave the cap on or off? Does that make, and Alicia, does well, that I make a difference, do you think? Not with this wine. Not with young wines. Not with wines that are fresh and should be consumed young. Wines that are older. Um, because this hole is so small. There's not a lot of oxygen. That you can it's really true, yeah. To it. I mean, if you're um, home and you're like pouring a, opening a bottle and you're going to like have a glass while cooking dinner, have another glass with dinner, maybe a glass after dinner. Are you leaving the bottle open the whole night? Or no, are you like recorking it at all or what? I I'm recork it typically because I'm scared of I'm scared of knocking it over. And maybe like a bug <laughs> bug flying in there or something. Yeah. We've had some ants coming into our kitchen. I feel like they would love <laughs> wine. <laughs> what types of wine do you need to breathe? So the types of wines that you need to breathe are um, wines that are richer, wines that are older, because if you're drinking a wine that's older, you know, so let's say you're drinking something from like, you know, a Bordeaux that is supposed to age from like 2005, if you don't let it, you know, what they call breathe, I mean, that wine has been stuck in that bottle for like 15 years or whatever, you know, so... It's its first time seeing oxygen in a really long time, and all of these molecules in there are kind of still alive and living. So if you it reintroduce it to oxygen, it'll kind of like it comes back to life. You know, it's like dormant when it's just sitting under cork for that long. So that's when you know maybe a decanter would be involved, or I don't have a decanter. I just have this water pitcher that I use. I had a decanter and it broke almost immediately. Like those things are hard to not just bang into your cabinet and break. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just, yeah, I, 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 just, I saw a line. You just take an empty wine bottle and pour it into that and then pour it back. 
Yeah, that works too. You know, it's just like, you know, getting some like, uh, you know, some movement in the wine because it's just been Aeration, sitting there. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You do the same uh, thing with coffee. When you brew a pour over coffee, you s- swirl it around in whatever vessel you have. Yeah. And it really does change the flavor. If you do a pour over directly into your coffee cup, it's it gonna doesn't be, taste it's as gonna good be so, as if you swirl it's, it's it into a different cup. It's not going to be even. Yeah. 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 It's not even because the extraction the extraction's is, is not different. even. Yeah. But there's something about just like the. The sort of, I almost think it's almost like fluffing up laundry before you fold it. You know, you're just kind of like getting everything. I think you're ready to wine taste, Luke. It's like (laughs) fluffing laundry. Yeah, I'm getting like tennis ball laundry flavors out of this. I'm getting notes of downy and uh, (laughs) very soft fabric. Yeah, I feel like I'll I'll always be a wine noob, but I absolutely really do love wine. And the reason why I say I'm a noob is because I really like this wine. And the reason why I like it is because, yes, it's fruity. It smells fruity. It tastes fruity. But the idea that comes to my mind is it just tastes like delicious grape juice to me it tastes as if it's just fresh delicious alcoholic grape juice and i love it and shitty wine wine that i don't like does not taste like that like we were saying earlier it has that one note sort of metallic or or just tinny you know some sort of processed you know what else shitty wine has this tastes like delicious grape juice to me to me shitty wine always has an element to the taste where i think to myself i'm gonna regret this tomorrow like if I go, yeah. If I go three glasses of this, I'm not. I'm not gonna feel well tomorrow. I'm gonna feel so so sulfited in the morning. I'm gonna yeah. be sulfited in arsenic. I'm gonna be sulfite. <laughs> so, oh man, uh, that leads to a direct question I have, which is: there's a wine I kind of like that I'm wondering if you're gonna give me uh, uh, some hate for. Uh, I think it's a decent wine. Is that two buck Chuck from? Is what is it? Trader Joe's. That's <laughs> <laughs> just that such it? an objectively. Like, Great dumb name for a bottle of wine. They even call it that. It's super cheap. And like, I don't know. I've gotten like six, seven, eight, nine dollar bottles of wine that aren't as good that you'll be more hungover. Like you would think such a cheap bottle of wine, you're going to feel like shit the next day. But it's not that bad. Two buck Chuck. Isn't two buck Chuck actually like eight bucks now? Now it is. But still, it's pretty cheap. (laughs) Inflation. Right. Uh, Nothing at the dollar store costs a dollar, but it's cheap. I've only had two buck truck once because we don't have our um, our Trader Joe's can't sell wine uh, here, you know, here in the Northeast. So, um, but the one time I had it, I was it was a long time ago. I think I was like nineteen, and I was started my wine education. You mean twenty one? Yeah, sorry. And I uh, <laughs> and I uh, those I feds are going to come thinking, after you. <laughs> it's Canada. It's Canada. It's fine. Yeah, you can do that there. I remember enjoying it actually i remember saying like oh this isn't that bad right it's pretty good time i think it was like five well it fits with your ethos that you were saying before of just like hey fuck it just pour it in a jelly jar and enjoy it you know this is what we've talked about too with craft beer where we all love craft beer and there's so many different styles and flavor profiles and all that good stuff but at the end of the day there's also just everyday beer and some of that is really bad rolling rock or bud light is not great but a Miller Lite? Yeah, Miller Lite's fine. Miller like, Lite's fantastic. I mean, it's with light, a pizza or some body. fried chicken, holy shit, is Miller Lite It's good. fantastic. I know, right? Or if you're going to watch the sunset at the beach and you just want to fill your backpack up with beer, make it Miller Lite. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and and you can have both worlds. You can appreciate that, there. yes, there's a time and place to crush Miller Lite. But if you want to enjoy yeah. the, the aromas and the flavors and the profiles... Well, there's other beer for that. In fact, Alicia, I'm actually more excited that you were all like drink it out of a jelly jar attitude because with craft beer, which I know a little bit more about, I actually respect people more when they're like, oh, we're going to start with these fancy IPAs, but then I got an 18 of Miller Lite. I'm like, cool. So you're just, you're cool. 
you're not like all haughty and arrogant about like oh and then we're going to switch to this and oh make sure we switch glasses between the stout and the this and the it's just like just enjoy the fucking beer when when we do like these educational beer tastings at the brewery with staff it's like that it's kind of pretentious and stuff because you're working you know we need like official notes like it's you're on the clock like it's fun to drink beer but you can't just be hanging out telling dirty jokes like you're supposed (laughs) to be doing actual like tasting panels but when you get those same brewers to come over to your house for like a barbecue or like a bottle share tasting it's like you'll have a bunch of fancy beers but like they never want to drink but they'll take a sip and then they'll grab a PBR from the fridge or like the person who has a really good palate and you really respect, they'll be smoking a cigarette and drinking your like $16 barrel aged beer. They're like, this is delicious. And you're like, yeah, of course it yeah. is. Um, <laughs> so time and place for it. You know? What is the best wine that you've ever tasted? Or or like maybe there was a, an experience that came along with that wine that made it the best. I've tasted so many wines. Um, <laughs> Seventy a week, I've heard. I, I I know you know you have a good answer to this because you just approach that how Elon Musk answers a question where he kind of pauses and just processes all the <laughs> algorithms to like yes. He's just like beep up boop. So beep, many beep, so beep, many beep, data beep, points beep, to process. Scanning wines, yeah. scanning yeah, wines, scanning beep, wine boop, profiles. Boop, 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 boop. Do they make cloudy wines, like unfiltered wines, like Nagori type sake? Yes, yes. Although I have to say something about Nagori type sake, it is it legally has it is filtered. Sake has to be filtered under Japanese oh. law. It's just less huh. filtered. It's filtered. I love a, it. I love yeah. Nagori. I, I love. I'm. Obs- I'm I love. I sake. like great anyway. wine. All right, you're gonna come back for a Nagori cast though. We'll definitely do one. I I can actually like I have a I have sake in my fridge right now. If you want, never mind. But um, <laughs> we might do a part two to this. This might roll right into the drunk tank. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> our drunk tank. Yeah, right. Um. Oh shit. Yeah. I hope I'm not going on for this so long. Uh. But anyway. Uh. The best buy. Oh, the best wine I've ever had, man. Oh man. Um. All right. So I can come up with two. Um. By the way, when she just said two, she held up her pointer finger and her pinky. <laughs> Well, I think I that's did what you it. did. Oh, did I know? No, no, she just got very far apart. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's also good that I think the that, Skype camera just, or I've no, that's good that you're very far away because Luke's had enough, enough yingling and wine at this point, clearly. Um. Okay, so uh, my favorite bottle of wine that I've ever had was a champagne. It was out of Magnum. Uh, so it's a 1.5 liter bottle. It was Biacart Salmon 1999 vintage. And the second favorite, and you know what? And I don't know. I don't. Even, so I don't even know if like if the wine was good or if I was just having a good time in that place that I was in that situation. I was invited to like a very exclusive, very fucking like uppity, snobby champagne party around Christmas time. So Michael, my husband, and I both went, and you know. You know, if you were invited, you could come. Your only only caveat is that you had to bring a bottle of champagne. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, you know, I'm the youngest person at this party. These people have been in the industry for, like, 30 years. It's at their house. Like, this is so crazy. So I found this bottle, an account that I call on. Um, it costs, like, 100 bucks or something like that. Where if you look online, this bottle of wine is, like, it's, like, $400, $500. So I'm like, well, I'm definitely going to buy that. And I brought it and... Um, they were so impressed, and I'm like, I had never tasted this wine before. Which I had to like do all this research on the winery in case people ask me questions and all that. So, uh, and so that night, I think that we probably we, I think we crushed like there were like ten of us. We crushed like twenty five bottles of champagne or something like that. Um, it was I'm also not good the first, at math, but that's a lot of champagne. It was also it's a, the it's first a lot of champagne, of, regardless. 
Yeah, yeah. It was the first bottle of champagne I'd ever sabered also. And nice. that was really cool. Um, and then so what we did, it was snowing out because it was around Christmas time. We, when we were done with the bottle, we just chucked the bottle onto the front yard. <laughs> so the next morning... It sounds magical, like, yeah. Littered with champagne bottles. And, um, I mean, that wine was... Oh, my gosh. It was just... It was absolutely fantastic. It was really rich and creamy, um, which is the style of champagne that I really enjoy. And it was from 1999, you know? So that was blowing my mind, too, that, like, sh- this champagne was, like... Wait, and what year did you drink this in? <sighs> now 2020 2007 either 2016 or 2017 is that the oldest wine you've had no the oldest wine i've had was from 19 hmm. i've either had i might have had a port wine that was from like 1968 cool but i've had wines better that's old not necessarily sometimes are there like hundreds of years old wines that people sell for like millions of dollars Oh, we should. Is Dom yeah. Perignon that good? Like 48 I, or whatever? No, I've never had Dom. Hmm. Um, Pretty hard to get. <laughs> the, uh, so, so you had the champagne. Yep. You could trade your car in for a bottle, I'm sure, but probably not worth it. <laughs> no, it's, not, it's only like 300 bucks. But I'm um, not only, <laughs> I mean, only 300 bucks. But um, uh, second, my, you know, my second favorite bottle was like, I think it was, I think Bobsy and I had been dating for like, five years or something like that and uh this guy uh was selling his wine shop and he had all these really cool old vintage bottles of california cabernet from back when like you know when it was really good and people weren't adding crap to their wine and everything so he had a bottle of 1997 ridge montebello which is a mostly a cabernet um ridge estate is uh, where the first wineries ever list the ingredients on the back of their label and i think there are only four people in, in like the country that do that shannon state vineyards on long island being one of them grapes water yeast um yeah and then like sulfur if there's sulfur like this just like really really transparent oh, okay and yeah so that um i bought that we had a venison roast and sat at our little dining room table in our little apartment, and it was just fucking awesome. It was amazing. These all sound like magical experiences. Yeah, I was going to say, the way that you're saying the memory is not just like the wine was this and the flavor was this. It's more of the whole memory of the experience. I was here with these people But that's part of the magical quality of... uh, I think you mentioned that earlier, how it's about uh, as well the environment that you're you're in is, right? Yeah, I think it's an it's a whole it, it's a whole experience, and I think that that's right. kind of what got me into wine in the first place. Oh shit, that's a three hundred, that's that's over three hundred and eighty eight dollar wine. I bought it for a hundred dollars. Nice. Well, she knows people. I do. He was selling the store, and I said, Terry, he was selling it for like a hundred and seventy because he had had it since like two thousand, and I said. How like how much can I buy this? How much are you gonna sell it to the next person for? He's like, I'll you're like T Bone, T Bone. You know me. Like, Come on. Nice. <laughs> that's great. Uh, I think it speaks to the way memory formation works too. Like your brain tends to attach multiple things to a memory. You know, like if you smell, like this happened to me maybe a couple months ago, a woman walked past me and she was wearing the same perfume that my grandma used to wear. And I was just like flooded with memories of my grandma. And I was like, oh my God, that's crazy. And I think like wine memories like tend to attach more so than beer for me. Like I've had like a few amazing wines and I, always like have this rich memory of where i was when i had it 
Yeah, I mean that I think comes back kind of back to like the the open can of tennis balls thing versus petrol and Riesling. Mm. Yeah, I've never yeah. opened a can of new tennis balls. I don't really. Think. I've opened a can even, of new. I don't play tennis. I've opened a can <laughs> of new uh, racket balls. I feel like I've played you in tennis. And, and it is a, Joe. Joe, that's it more is like, a uh, like a cider or a mead. It's a distinct smell for sure. I've smelled a can. Of, my dad used to own a sporting goods store. Basically, used so. to huff tennis ball. I, I used right? to huff a lot of tennis balls. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. That, but it also makes sense if you out. think about it. If you got in a car crash and you know uh, rolled into the side of uh, like a ditch on the side of the road and crawled after two days to safety, and I said, "Oh my God, you're still alive!" and you said, "Yeah, I need something to drink," and I gave you a really good scotch, and you you would just be like, yeah, and chug it and not even really think about the flavor. But if you just instead got engaged and you were riding a high, and, oh, let's celebrate, and you try this really good scotch, you're going to notice and appreciate yeah, it yeah. more, right? Well, is that is Go ahead. It's interesting that you say that, Joe, because when we started having to wear all the san- hand sanitizer all the time, mm-hmm. my like muscle memory went right back to college drinking Burnett's Pink Lemonade. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I, I like every time I put hand sanitizer, I'm like, like yes, <laughs> you know, yeah, 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 that that yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, you just you just triggered a, 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 a similar memory for me with I realized I hate coconut. And like anything, like any type of food or beer with like coconut in it, I just can't handle because it, it reminds me of being like slathered in sunscreen as a ki- fat kid in Florida. You just have that like, you know, that greasy There's type feeling on your skin when you have sunscreen on. And it's just that that fake like, oh, I, I can't. It's ruined coconut for me, That's which is a shame. Different. It's a great flavor. That's something different between you and I, Johnny. I love the smell of sunscreen. I love like that. Like I put, you know, when I put like my my tank tops on, like you know, when I change my closet over and I smell that sunscreen leftover from like fish shows from last summer, I'm just like, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you're <laughs> kind of a you woodland fairy have, have that yeah. You, you and Bonsi are both kind of, yeah, woodland uh, <laughs> like magical creatures, in well, my Bonsi's, opinion. Bonsi's an old tree. Yeah, yeah, he's, he is literally an old tree. Actually, we, true. we saw it at a fish show. I saw him that's turn true. it back into a tree. I true. saw him, I saw saw him go back and forth between tree and human. Reverting to <laughs> his original man, yeah. form, yeah. Very impressive. Oh, yeah. We should get him on the cast just to do that. Yeah, That's funny you said the sunscreen thing. <laughs> Me and Yanka, my fiance, have the Current same... Um, uh, every time I use this specific sunscreen that I bought for going to Turkey... It smells like where we vacation in Turkey, mm. and I'll put it on before we go for a walk or something. And then if she comes close to me, she'll be like, "Bodrum." I'm like, "Yep." Weird. She could smell yeah. that I put Bodrum sunscreen on, which is like the hundred SPF, whatever. It just has a distinct smell to it. Yeah. I so love the way smell and taste can just like like sync up to memory in such a weird way. Yeah. You don't even know you have access to that level of memory. Yeah, people just so, don't think consider it, but it's it's, it's very there. distinct. Yeah. yeah. Is uh, is Yingling and Miller really that good then, Luke? Or did we just drink a lot of it when we were definitely at least 21 in high school? And so we associate all those good memories of like hanging out with a friend and having a beer. You're Stockholmed into it. Yeah. Well, like, is it, <laughs> I don't is know it, about you, Johnny, but when I smell like that, like when you open a beer and you just smell like a Yingling or a Miller Light or something, it, I do get flooded with like just the positive memories of all the times I've opened beer. And it's not specific because I've opened way too many Yinlings in my day. But with like a good wine. But like, you could still be fooled, Luke. You still might drink the seawater. Oh, I see what you're getting at. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But I, I, I do, I, I do feel it, there there are limitations to this. I feel I feel like because I definitely we actually so in quarantine we 
our our go to light kind of just hanging out beer is Miller Light because I think it's actually a really good just light everyday whatever. We beer. buy it from our friend in units of thirty six. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and again, if we want to have a good craft beer. Uh, take that any day but if you want to just have a light beer you're not looking to have a two three hundred calorie beer you have a light beer whatever but we hashtag don't get fat in quarantine which we did but (laughs) uh we had so many miller lights that at a certain point we said oh let's just mix it up let's get a coors light when was the last time we had coors light and we went through a bunch of the older beers coors light rolling rock and these are beers that we had strong positive associations with. I remember, especially Coors. Yeah, we, uh, me and Luke, first really became friends where we would go to the beach and crush rocks together. Yeah, we would just like you know. Load I remember up our I, I became friends rocks. with Joe because Johnny yeah. was like, "I'm moving away to college. Like, you should hit up my brother." And I was like, "I needed, All to, right. I needed to pair each of you <laughs> off because I was like, my brother needs a friend and my friend needs a friend, and like they're gonna be sad by themselves." So I, was, I, I biked to the beach together. with a backpack filled with rolling rocks, yeah. and we just like crushed them. So that's as as positive of an association as I can think for a shitty beer. See, and we got a twelve case of rolling rock a couple of weeks ago. And it it tasted like ass, just straight up <laughs> no, ass. No, see the burrow, it was awful. Uh, the bur- uh, the rolling rocks remind me of crushing the six ninety nine twelve packs that they had at Handy Pantry at the oh, burrow. God, we could get two of them for like fourteen bucks. You got twenty four pack for like less than fifteen dollars, and we would just drink warm rolling rocks on that awful couch. Oh yeah, and Alicia, like I still Alicia love Luke Skywalker. Yeah, yeah, yeah Alicia, my, we drank a lot of rolling rocks in that house together. Like, my we, my fir- my my first and last time I ever had a rolling rock was with everyone who's on this podcast right now. <laughs> so you did it you, you did it right. That might be mine not as well. Good, that might be yeah. true for me as it, well. Trust trust us, we tried them last week. It did not go well. <laughs> Alicia, bad. what's a really good style speaking about like crushable beers? Is there like a crushable wine style? Yes. There are so many crushable wine styles. I mean I chose these wines because I thought they were kind of crushable. I know you don't agree. I've Carol, been crushing them. I so, because oh, the yeah, aftertaste. I'm like on my third class. So, um, yeah. So especially with summertime coming up, it's really important to like have some crushable wines in your fridges. You can like throw in your cooler and bring to the beach or like in your whatever. Like you know, just things that you don't need food for. Just like chug them. Um, my favorite, favorite chuggable, crushable summer wine is a style of wine called Muscadet, which is M-U-S-C-A-D-A-T. Muscadet? I don't know. Maybe I spelled that wrong. But it's, uh, it's, it's made from the, in the Loire Valley in France, and it should be inexpensive if you can find it. And it's just slightly effervescent, fairly little alcohol, maybe floating around that like 11 to 12% range. And it's just, you just get it super cold and it's the most refreshing thing. Like you can pour it into like a solo cup and just chug it. I feel the same way about Vino Verde, which is a really low alcohol wine from Portugal. And that's also kind of effervescent. Um, and that's like, like you could drink a bottle of that because I think. Can you oh, explain yeah, that word that you My just sister said? is really, it's green wine. My sister's really into it. Yeah. So it's not actually green, but that's what, a, you know, it's like a fresh, you know, they're, they're trying to use that word for freshness. Okay. Um, but effervescent, um, there's like, with Vino Verde, they actually add carbonation to it. Really? Like they a, force like, carbonate it? They don't yeah, bottle condition? Like, um, no, I no. It's so cheap that like they they wouldn't be able to like afford to do that. Like, but it's just it's just like a little teeny tiny bit, and it just it just makes that like really nice, 
I feel like I'm talking really fast again. Sorry. Um, that really nice. <laughs> Sounds normal speed coming tech. through the internet. I don't know what's going on. And my third end. glass of wine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the way, crushable is such an American concept. I love it. <laughs> I use that word all the time. Yeah. Oh, that's a real crushable burger. Number one beer, drinkers. Wine. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, that, that TV show is real crushable or bingeable. Like, I just, it's such an American yeah. word. Like, yeah, more. Faster. Bro, Give I me crushed it. It's good. I want more of that. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. You don't want to use the word bingeable with alcohol because it implies something that you're not trying to say. Right. Yeah. Or maybe you are and you're trying to mask it. I think it's I healthier know. to binge drink than binge Netflix, personally. I mean, for your mind. But it's healthier to crush drink than to binge drink. I had a virtual mm-hmm. doctor's appointment yesterday and it had nothing to do with drinking. It was, And for literally 20 minutes in like my pre-check-in, they asked me questions about like alcohol and drugs, about whether like I'm that's abusing them. And that's just, that's just what they do. No, I think that's because they know everyone's getting fucked up at home. Wait, right they now. said, are you crushing alcohol in, in quarantine? <laughs> Basically. Yeah. They well, actually used one the phrase crush. like, check mark if you are crushing, binging. Yeah. And they had all Would the you describe it as killing it or crushing, crushing yeah. binging? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely lied. Yeah. They were like, one of the questions was, has, has a, a family or friend ever, ever told you that they have a problem with your drinking? And I was like, no. Oh, that's never directly. Maybe my dog one (laughs) night when I was really yeah. Do exaggerated eye rolls count at holidays? Right. They're like, have you ever regretted? (laughs) Have you ever woken uh, the next day regretted? How much you drank, and I was like, "Have I?" I, I think I said once, and I was like, "Yeah, you ever been hungover? <laughs> Come on, yeah. oh, Carrie, you've never, never woken up and been like covered in honestly. blood. Wait, do they mean never woken the up covered week? in blood in a field and been like, what happened? Like, but sometimes you wake up and you're like, I should have drank some water and ate a banana last night before I went to bed. Have yeah, you ever happened. gone to Alicia's wedding, Johnny, and woken up oh, the next God. day and felt <laughs> awful? Honestly, I should not. That was have hilarious because I had a fever the whole time. Did any of you guys get sick after you that wedding? No, that's right. You were really. <laughs> I had the, I had a really bad flu. I almost didn't come. You were sick. But I, I forgot. I was about so that. sick, but I was like, I haven't seen these people in forever. I was like, when am I going to get to see you, Alicia and Bob? You really? I sold, haven't seen you guys in like three years. I'm yeah, like, you we're moving to the West Coast. Right? You were you yeah. were in rough so, shape the night before the wedding, and then you seemed better on the wedding day. Well, because of all the alcohol it just it kind of it kind of i remember my throat me. started tickling on wedding day uh yeah. and i was probably I for me yeah with you johnny so i just yeah, yeah. did the chugging i was gurgling whiskey just being like yeah. you know trying to kill whatever's in my throat the flask, Dude, the I was flask so really sick. came in I was so delirious yeah. for that yeah. i that day that was probably the worst hangover i had the next day like I you were rough you were over, in rough shape and i just had to like <laughs> sit on the side of the road i thought I was gonna you guys die. missed the ferry yeah. We did miss the ferry. Well, we missed the first ferry. <laughs> oh my! We got the second one. Because Johnny, Johnny should, well, not only should I not have went, but like I stayed up with everyone till four a.m. and drank like but 10, you didn't, 20 you drinks. You didn't drink much wine though. No. Let's bring it back no. to the wine. Alicia's been quiet for like a while because we keep talking. No, it's about okay. It's okay. You're talking. We're talking about, about her wedding. Talking about, about my wedding. But I think that's why my side of the wedding episode came off harsh is because like I was so I was in such discomfort that maybe I, I was a little grumpy. I don't think that you I didn't think that you were harsh. I thought that I just was listening to it and I'm like, wait a minute, two of these people have never even had a wedding. No, they were they were <laughs> only been assholes, all three of them. I listened, yeah, was, I was like, was what I'm pretty sure Johnny was a bigger asshole than me. I thought so. Kara messaged me several times while listening to it. Like, dude, you should call them and apologize. I'm yeah. like, what? No, they don't even listen. <laughs> I remember after listening to that, I went to like a, um, I mean, this can probably be edited out because no one cares about this. I went There's, to like a, we don't edit. Like a, I don't know, 4th, <laughs> don't, like this a 4th is live. of July party at, at, um, at Spazato and Rob's house. And uh, Drew, Drew shows up and we're talking about the wedding. We're talking about their wedding. And, and uh, I'm like, uh, Drew asked me, he's like, oh, did you listen to that po- the, the episode about the weddings? And I was like, yeah, I did. I said, I'm going to fucking call Johnny tomorrow. I said, this is ridiculous. 
<laughs> you should have. I would have been so mad. No, no. In no, our no, defense, because... in our defense, we love the couple. The we ceremony absolutely love the couple, and that's the part that matters. You know, the no, seriously, hundred percent. The reason I didn't call him out on it immediately is because, like, you know, we've been talking for a while about getting, you know, getting on the show and talking about wine, and so I was like, no, I'm just gonna wait till I'm on there. <laughs> and then skewer. <laughs> but anyway, I don't remember the episode entirely. But if I remember correctly, Johnny was laying it on the heaviest Johnny in terms of well, complaining no, about I'm the, the only food. one. I'm the only one who's been involved in the behind the scenes of a wedding. So you the guys really. Thing, the only thing that really bugged me was that you guys were fucking complaining about the size of the ice buckets in your hotel room. Are you serious? When the Wait, fuck what? is the last time you were in a hotel room? Like you're like oh, ice buckets. We were complaining so small, about the ice only- buckets. Yeah, you were complaining that you could only fit one beer can in the ice buckets because they were so small. And it's like, well, fuckheads. What? These, ice bu- cooler. <laughs> these yeah. ice buckets. I thought Johnny was complaining about the mold in the ice machine. Oh, that he was. <laughs> yeah, that was. But, but that's just things like we didn't know about. You didn't you know, know that. Yeah, yeah. Like, Obviously, yeah. The only thing that I didn't like about your wedding was you guys had talked up this fish <laughs> so much, and it was so. We already did this episode, Tara. That's what I loved about it. We were the very it. last table served. Listen, like, honestly, we were literally the last. We so. were very disappointed with the way that the food came out because the food that was served at our—I mean, not that it matters. Like everyone had, a, it seems like everyone had a good time. Like we were all dancing. Oh, I, had a, I had an amazing but time. Yeah, the top, the, top three the, weddings I've been to, like fifth. Uh, thirteen weddings. It's probably top three. No, my my favorite two weddings are all. They involve people here. Yeah, I think my top <laughs> yeah. two weddings are both yeah. in, in, it was, in this it was podcast. You, it was you guys and you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what the hell was it saying? Oh, yeah. So the food that was served at our wedding, that was not the food. That was that was not the food that we tasted at like our tasting, and the tasting was. For I mean, it was, but it wasn't the same. And the way that they set up their tasting is they invite all the couples. So there were like, know, there was like 200 people at this tasting so that they could make it banquet yeah. style. And so that That's you really get cool. that. Uh, and, oh, um, and it, the food was amazing. So we're like, oh yeah, we're taking this. And then, um, the reason the speeches had go- happened so early is because, you know, our coordinator came over to us and she's like, Hey, the food's taking a little bit longer than expected. Do you want to do the speeches now? And I said, sure. But that kind of like, it was like red flag. You know, mm-hmm. but then I can't like I don't have time for red flag. You know, I just sure, like, yeah, you know, yeah. okay. Yeah. And then like the food came over. I also got the tuna, and I was like, damn, <laughs> you know, it sucks. But then I was like, whatever. Like I'm gonna go dance some more, or whatever. Yeah, so you, you don't have a wedding for the food. You have the wedding for everything else. For the, yeah. Yeah. Did you go into that uh, with the wine in mind, or did you like try to pair your food with your? Yeah. Wine? Did you choose the menu first and then the wine? No, I chose these wines like long before I was even like. Mm engaged <laughs> like, um yeah i knew that these were the, the wine, wine was, was picked out remember. before the man that's that's how you know she's a real <laughs> that's wine that's a real wine expert. Yeah. Yeah. um yeah no i love the i love those wines that were served at my wedding um and i also chose them because i thought that they'd be because i didn't want to have uh, i didn't want to have pinot grigio or chardonnay or merlot i didn't want to have all these like crap banquet wines i was like they're gonna be my wines i'm gonna choose three wines one sparkling and um one was this Ferrari Corrado, another was this red wine from Minervois in the south of France, and another was a rosé. And I chose them because of their drinkability. I said, you know, anyone who drinks Chardonnay or Pinot Grigio, they'll drink Ferrari Corrado Fumé Blanc. Anyone re- who drinks Cabernet or Merlot, they'll drink Chateau Dubier, uh, you know, Minervois. I remember having too much of the red wine. It was pretty great. It's a lot of people told me they had that problem. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> I, I think I just had problem. one with dinner and that's it. I remember you specifically said that this is going to be bad if I keep drinking wine and or the red wine. And yeah. then somebody else didn't want theirs. They're, they said, oh, I don't want red wine. I'm like, 
like, send it over. Yeah. I'll, I'll take <laughs> I it. I think it was me. I think it was you. This this Fume Blanc, what food would you pair with? Does being a sommelier level two go backwards like that? Uh, Yeah, yeah. I mean, we talk about food pairing all the time. I talk about food pairing all the time in my job because I have to work with restaurants. Um, What what wine pairs with Fruit Loops? You know, I and think can you have it in the morning. That's you know an old George Carlin joke. Oh. Note I'm having cheese. I was actually going to go. I've asked several wine people and they never even tried. You at least looked like you were like, hmm, I wonder what. They usually just ignore me. Pisco, that like uh, Peruvian, like whatever the fuck, that brandy, I guess. it's uh, That tastes like Fruit Loops to me. I think that would go with Fruit Loops. Oh, good answer. <laughs> so, what, what food would you <clears throat> would you pair the Fume with? Mm. I think it can stand up to chicken, but I feel like that's boring. So, I would serve this with like. A grilled fish, something that's a little bit like a heartier fish, like a swordfish, or or even like a like a grilled tuna steak, something like that. I think would be really good with it, because um, it's a little it's a little more, it's got a little bit more meat on its bones. This wine. Okay, um, I think we're pretty much there, guys. I, uh, I have I have one other question for yeah, you. Yeah, let's let's get our final questions in for okay. Alicia, and if she has any wrap up uh, sentiments she wants to leave us with, let's uh, let's get that going. What's okay. your question? Okay, Jeff? so I went to the store and I pretended as if I could possibly pick out a decent bottle of wine. So I was hoping I could just show you it, and you could tell. Were me. you wearing your current outfit? Unfortunately, <laughs> he, he wants you to grade his wine purchase, I think. Yes, sort of. Or or just if you have any comments or thoughts, because I, I again, like I said earlier on, I know very little about buying wine other than, OK, there are certain ranges. And now I know more about sulfites, which is great. But uh, can I just show you it? And if you have any thoughts, I don't know. Yeah, but I thought we were trying to avoid this. Oh, we were. All right, go ahead. Oh, that's fine. We don't. We don't have. We don't <laughs> no, have to have that. I just, well, like, then scared, instead like, of that, Alicia. But what if he say... gives me the bottle and I'm like, oh no, Joe, like you're like I like that, but he went out and bought it. Oh, you I... return wine. Yeah, but you. Oh, that's fine. Have I call him a shit. Said our honest opinion of it. Yeah, no, no, no. I I assume yeah, this it's is your terrible. chance. Alicia. I assume. It, yeah, Alicia. I assume it's a terrible choice, but you, I want you to know tell... why it's a terrible choice. I want to. You tell I, him I. I want to learn why I failed at picking a bad bottle of wine. If I did, you know what I mean. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Even though her whole vibe, the entire cast was just enjoy the wine. It doesn't matter. Whatever you enjoy is good. But, but yeah. who Go ahead. Who who versus? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Luna Nuda Italia Pinot Grigio 2019. Yeah, that probably is going to be fine. I mean, it's probably just going to be like light and fresh and chuggable. She said it's going to be chuggable. So uh, that's all you along the lines hear. of what Joe was Crush saying. Um, when you go into a wine store, not being up on wine is it a safe bet or not to ask the attendant the clerk i think you should look around you know maybe check it out a little bit see if there's any labels you like look at what price point always have what price point you want um and but what's good people keep well if you have if you i mean the first thing i usually think that when people are shopping for wine the first thing they're thinking is this is my this is my budget this is how much i want to spend on a bottle maybe i can fluctuate one or two dollars um and start there and then look around look at the labels you know check it out and then go to the clerk and say i'm looking for a wine in this price point i want a white or i want a red um if they're a good clerk, they should be asking you those questions. But you know, um, but then you know, you know things like that. Just kind of like get in your mind what you think you might want, which I know is really hard because it's such an intimidating uh, 
the liquor store is such an intimidating place that it's kind of, you know. And as soon as you walk in there, you're like, oh my God, they're looking at me. I'm pretending to know what I'm looking at. Like I'm in a museum going like, oh yes, this piece. I love this one. There's 900 wines. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, But the cool thing about going into a liquor store and the person that's behind the counter or the manager is if they're not doing anything, they're bored out of their minds. They totally want something to do. And if you can make another, I mean, it's kind of like a psychology thing, but if you can make another person think that they might know something that you don't, or that they can teach you something, that is something everyone wants. You'll to get do. the best out of them, right? So, yeah. So, um, I think it's a safe bet to ask the clerk. I mean, check it out for yourself first. You know, try to figure out what's my price point. Do I want white? Do I want red? What am I having for dinner tonight? That might be a question they ask you. And talk to the person behind the counter, man. That's what they're there for. And sometimes they might be like, I have no idea, but this one sells a lot. Yeah. That might not be, you know, that might be a safe bet too. I mean, you know, that's that's where I would start. But it's a valuable potential <laughs> source of insight. Why wouldn't you take advantage of it? That makes sense, yeah. Okay, so Johnny and I, I've never seen Costa Blanca, and I don't drink wine very often. I Like I said, I like Tempranillo, mm-hmm. um, but we want to drink wine to watch that, because I've heard, you know, wine and, ro- you know, you think about wine and romance. You know, there's not many other alcohols that you think about with romance. Maybe rape, but not romance. Um, so, Jesus Christ, that was the sentence like, of the episode. But like, what would you... Maybe we'll yes. open with that, uh, with that quote. We were so Jesus. close. Maybe we almost not. made it. What would you suggest for a romantic watching... Uh, like, and I know that it takes place in Morocco. What would you suggest for that night for us? Champagne, baby. I love champagne. Oh, no, I love, no, I love Prosecco. What's the difference? Oh, there's a huge difference. Am I a basic bitch for like a Prosecco and not? No. Okay. Um, Prosecco is the most popular sparkling wine in the world. By sparkling, I mean it's carp. It has bubbles in it. Um, so champagne, there's actually a place in France called Champagne, yeah. which is um, kind of by Dijon, like like kind of like northern France. The mustard? And Yeah, the mustard. It's and south hey. of the Mayo Clinic, but north of... Um... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I was going to do a whole sandwich joke. Just, just never mind. Continue. Uh, so the, the, the fruit has to come from Champagne, France, and be made there in a very specific method that takes a, a lot of time. Most of it's done by hand. And it has to age for certain amounts of time. Um, where Prosecco and Cava, Cava is Spain's version of champagne, it's their sparkling wine, Prosecco is Italy's, and in America we just have sparkling wine. <laughs> um, uh, so, so it's Italian I mean, champagne for the Italian for the American layman who doesn't know about champagne. regions and stuff. But their champagne is the best sparkling wine, like champagne, champagne is the best sparkling wine. The bubbles are tinier because they're like naturally occurring. They're naturally occurring in Prosecco too, but they're fatter for some reason. The, Champagne is the most romantic wine, I think. Mm. Mm. Cool. And it, and uh, so Johnny talks a lot about whenever I get a bottle of Prosecco, I like to neck it. Um, and he says that it gets you drunk faster because of the carbonation. What do you mean by neck? You mean drink from the bottle? I mean grab the neck of the bottle and put it into your face. Okay. As a pirate would. Yeah. <laughs> As yeah. Kara would. Yeah, there's something about the carbonation that, um, like slows the absorption of alcohol into the large intestine and it, it makes you or maybe it's a small i think or, it speeds, I think it, speeds it up it speeds it up, it speeds yeah. it up. sorry um and oh, wait no but if it slows it down because if the large intestine absorbs the alcohol and it slowed it down then you'll be drunker for longer but that would take so long to get to your 
I think your all anus. the intestines can absorb small and large absorb alcohol. So it I always thought carbonation makes you absorb it faster. No. That's why if you have like car, they always say beer before liquor makes you sicker because if you have carbonation mm-hmm. first, it's in your right. stomach and you absorb or it. Or like faster. carbonated energy drinks, it, it yeah. helps with the absorption. I think. I think it's just because it's a gas. Like an a- alcohol naturally wants to gas off. Like it doesn't really like staying in a liquid state. So I just always imagine that the alcohol, like once it hit your stomach acid, it it caught a ride on the CO2 bubble. Twenty percent of alcohol is absorbed through the stomach. The remaining eighty yeah. percent is absorbed through the small intestine. Small intestine, not large. Interesting. Well, giddy up. Okay. Um, well, this thanks. is from a Duke University site. So, so it's yes, it, yes. Yeah, so if you're drinking like carbonated, you know, sparkling wine versus not sparkling wine, you'll definitely get drunker faster and harder. Yeah, uh, yeah. we should clarify. It's not that you get drunker because it's the same oh. amount of alcohol. You just absorb it faster. So you the, get the, drunk. The curve, well, the, and, the alcohol yeah. curve will be different. Yeah. Yeah. And so so according to this site, the, the reason that you get drunker faster when you're on an empty stomach is the not that the balance. food... Sorry, go ahead. It's not that the food is abs- absorbing it or getting in the way. It's that when there's not, it gets into the small intestine quicker. Yeah, mm. yeah. When you eat food after, this is something I had to learn. There's not like a burger there to block the way. It's the yeah. timeline. When <laughs> I when I took a like when you take like bartending certifications, a lot of states require them. Uh, that's like one of the things they teach you is like eating food doesn't really yeah. sober you up the way people think, but there's a valve going from your stomach to your small intestine called the pyloric sphincter. Yeah. And it's, it's open normally. I there's think we no found a new episode stuff. opener. <laughs> it's open in your, it's just open for like liquids and drinking and stuff. Cause you don't need it to mix with your stomach acid. So when you're drinking on an empty stomach, it's going to your stomach and shooting right into your intestines. That explains so what's been happening been drinking this whole podcast. Lot, that's why yeah. I'm wasting. So if you throw okay. a burger in there real quick, uh, it closes that valve and then it, it just slows the absorption. Because the well, plumbing. because the stomach it gives the stomach time to break down the food longer. That's and exactly what yeah. this Duke site mm-hmm. just says. I'm very impressed by you, Johnny. But am I Thank wrong? You. Am I wrong by saying that like the type of food matters and that's why they serve greasy foods at bars because like fat is absorbed somewhere else other than the stomach. Like you in know, fact, I, a fatty right. meal can in fact a fatty meal can reduce the peak blood alcohol level up to fifty percent relative to that produced when alcohol Hell is consumed yeah. on an empty stomach. Really? Yeah. So that's why bars sell like mozzarella sticks and chicken fingers because it'll like help you out a little bit. Oh my god, you're making me so hungry. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so good. Wait, what wine pairs with chicken fingers? I think any of them. It's uh, chicken, iced, right? iced wine. Mozzarella sticks. Beer. <laughs> yeah, that's that's <laughs> the one. Good yeah, call. that's good the ticket. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on the podcast, Alicia. Side note, love you, we loved your wedding. I have no idea what we said on the <laughs> wedding cast. I just want to yeah, make you it grovel clear. on another episode. I got one last we question I want to end it yeah. on. <laughs> I want to end it on while well, he's groveling. Uh, what is your take from the wine world on the hard seltzer craze that is sweeping the nation? As a salesperson, I'm really jealous that I don't sell any hard seltzer. Um, <laughs> I remember you warned us about it right before the wave started, too, and you were 100% right. The wave right. came fast, too. It the, went from, like, no, nothing the wave, to The wave came, everywhere. like, six months after you said, it, you, you said it's coming, and then within six months, oh, it was... Me? People, no, Alicia. She, I Alicia, remember, she, okay, I, yeah, I I remember like, Alicia, Alicia warned me, and within six months, we were at uh, the bar right over here, and people were playing beer pong with hard seltzer, and we were like... <sighs> The I was like, what the hell are they so drinking? God damn it. <laughs> yeah. I, I I knew one brewery, their pints of beer cost like a dollar fifty to two dollars and fifty cents to make, and they were selling for like five dollars on site. So pretty good markup. Uh but I, I was like, how much does the seltzer cost? They're like, I oh, like thirty cents to make a pint. I was like, holy shit. They're like, Yeah, we sell it for four dollars yeah, a pint. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, that's a really good markup. But wh- how do you feel about it, Alicia? Um, 
I mean, I, I can't drink it. I think it's terrible. Like, I mean, and I also, I'm confused because like, it's supposed to be like this health thing, you know, like, oh, it's less calories or whatever. It's like, yeah, it's less calories, but it's only 5% alcohol. I have to have like 14 of those yeah. to get a buzz. <laughs> so like, also it's filled with all that aspartame shit to make it taste sweet. Yes. Oh God. Well, you got to keep oh, it at God. zero calorie. Nasty. Oh my God. It's, um, so it's like, you know, when these... Yeah, I'm not. I had not one fan. last week. Um, my my uh, brother's fiance brought some to our house, so I had one just to explore, and it did taste like lemonade. Like it was a lemonade flavored one. It had zero sugar, five percent. Okay, fine. Like whatever. You know, I I just I'm always suspicious of things that taste sweet and aren't like what like you're just. I don't know what that chemical is. Well, Why? there's a there's a good reason to taste sweet and a not good reason to taste sweet, right? If I squeeze lemon juice yeah. into water and like it tastes like lemony, that that's fine for me, right? But if yeah. I just taste, it tastes like it tastes like sugary water that you would get when you're a kid and your mom lets you get like a Slurpee or something. But there's no sugar. I'm thinking to myself, all right, something's off here. Like mm. there's there's no rule in life that says you can win and not. Like get, there's consequences. Yeah, there's consequences yeah, right. to what there you should be. Yeah, <laughs> something's yeah. off. I don't. I don't trust those hard seltzers. Is what I'm trying to say. So what? Which kind of drives me crazy about it is because like before this whole COVID thing, I was like really on this like strict health regimen, and so like all these people are like, oh, yeah, like you know, it's only a hundred calories. So it's like a hundred calories. A shot of vodka is seventy calories, mm. and it's forty percent alcohol. This hundred calorie thing is five percent alcohol. Right. And I really love to pour free pour vodka into a glass with ice, put a little some seltzer in it and squeeze a lemon. Like that's my go to, you know, thing. It's healthy. <laughs> and it's less calories. It's definitely clear. So that's what I that's what I don't understand about this whole thing. Is Isn't that- a Miller Light ninety seven calories? What's your point? I'm saying, like, might as well have a Miller Lite. I I agree. Yeah. (laughs) So. I've got two Trulies upstairs, though, if anybody wants to try one. Nobody They're raspberry lemonade flavor. I think we have, like, two in our our beer fridge, and nobody's ever touched them. I'm saving them for the guests who might have it. (laughs) I haven't felt a hangover, like a hard seltzer hangover, since I was, like, in high school. I, I did it once. I my my sister left like a case here, and I was like, okay. And like Alicia said, they're super light. They're like five percent. Like you don't feel anything from them. So you drink like six or seven in a, like a few hours, and you're like, oh yeah. Like you don't they get that like bloated feeling, and then you just stand up and you're like, oh, I'm pretty drunk. And then the next day, you're like, the did I day. eat like did I eat a handful of sugar packets? Like what happened yeah. to me? Why do I feel like this? Yeah, yeah. Did I eat forty apples? Because there's no like antioxidants or like Same. probiotic like live yeast like anything you get from wine or beer it's just booze well how many sweetener. grams of sugar are in one of those well a lot of zero. them have zero zero most of them have zero now the truly's yeah the, what's the other brand besides truly white claw white claw, white claw yeah, yeah. but those those both have zero sugar. but that's not that should be a better thing but it's not yeah yeah it's just i actually appreciate things that say like we have three grams of sugar it's like we tried our hardest to get rid of the sugar but like we still got to put some in but yeah. if you have zero it means you're just like what are you up to you're, you're pulling me a trick yeah. Well, it's really hard to make beer with zero grams that's of sugar. A quote. That's not a quote. That's not a term. <laughs> it's probably impossible to make a wine with no sugar. There's always some residual sugar left over from fermentation. No, you can, you can ferment it out. You can get it down to pretty much negligible. How much sugar yeah. do you think is in a glass of like what we just drank here? I think there's actually a pretty... Uh, not like... Um, it's detectable on the palate. 
right? Like yeah, yeah. Sugar. yeah, yeah. So then that means that it's like that's the, that's the threshold. You, well, you can find. Well, we can find out. I just didn't want to be on my cell yeah. phone. Well, but well, I mean, I, I, find I, out what roughly the, speaking, it's probably like okay. like five that's, grams, six grams, something like the, that. Oh, that sounds like a lot. Uh, so a hold on a one ounce. One ounce of Ferrari Carano Fumé Blanc has 0.8 grams of carbs. And so we, like, Johnny, what, my, most glasses are what, like six ounces? Glass of wine, yeah. Glass of wine, so that's 4.8 grams of carbs, zero fat, zero protein, 150 calories. Yeah, it's not bad. According yeah. to my fitness pal. A bagel's yeah, like, I mean, what, 40 carbs? Like, you ha- that means you can have a dozen of these at least, and you're still way ahead I just of don't- um, like th- there's an amount of, in addition to the carbs, Kara, there's an amount of sugar in there. Like cause my fiance, current fiance, <laughs> Alicia, that's carbs, a, that's a, that's a carbs. podcast joke. Don't worry about it. Um, yeah, sure. It's a joke. <laughs> it's not, you know, um, she, anyway, she go. did keto last year and she loves wine and mm-hmm. you could basically have half a glass of wine without like leaving ketosis, which is mm-hmm. like a diet where you don't have any sugar. So I think, I think wine, I want to say like, like. It's somewhere between three and six grams of sugar or something like that. I'm trying to research right now how, what the actual number is, like how much sugar is it detect, is detectable. So, okay, point six, oh, point, this talks about carbs. It could be, it, what I'm remembering could have been a mix of the carbs and the sugar because those are both counted the same with keto. Like your body basically processes it like the same. You got to keep your carbs under 20 carbs a day, basically. All right. So noticeably sweet wines, this uh, really, really great website. If you want to actually learn about wine, it's an amazing website called Wine Folly. Like the like absolute best wine resource available out there. It's super friendly and just really great. She's really amazing. Um, Noticeably sweet wines start around 35 grams per liter, then go up from there. But I want to know. But I want to know Very what little. makes what makes it detectable. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what makes it detectable. I want to. I want to keep talking wine, but we should wrap the episode well, up, yeah. and then yeah. we can oh, yeah. just stay call. on the call. Let's, yeah. let's oh, okay. have some closing words. I got it. Let's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's. Hey, Kara, Alicia, shut can, your fucking mouth and let John <laughs> take off. <laughs> can you? Uh, can you just? Yeah, wrap it up for maybe for people that clicked on this because they want to learn more about wine. What's a you know, easy way for people to, or what do you think is the most effective way for people to, to get uh, more into wine and to educate themselves about it or to enjoy it more? And you know. My experience, you know, tasting wine and enjoying wine has been to try as many different wines as you possibly can. You know, don't, um, you know, if you really like, you know, um, barefoot Pinot Grigio, Maybe the next time you go, and you drink it all the time, but you're interested in branching out. Maybe next time go in the store and find something in that price point, or maybe, you know, in the similar price range that you've never had before and you've never heard of before. And then just keep doing that. Just keep trying new things. And keep eating all the different foods you've never had before. Um, right, yeah. Uh, don't know, get stuck. Yeah, don't get stuck. Don't exactly. stagnate, yeah. Um, that's, that's how you do it. That's how you learn about wine. Just taste everything. Um, is there any like documentaries or anything that you recommend to like, um, get someone excited about the idea of like venturing out from their comfort zone with what they already like, where they'll go, Oh, I might try that, that, uh, grape variety, or I might, you know, experiment with, 
something totally different and see if I can notice what these people say I notice or whatever. The only wine documentary that I thought kind of got away from the snobbery and like all the, the bullshit that this culture, that the wine culture brings. Um, there's a documentary series called Psalm. Oh, I love it. I've seen both of them. Yeah. So the first one was total garbage. There was, in my opinion, there was one female sommelier who was shown on the screen for like two seconds and it was just these douchebags. What was her name, by the, the way? Because like I, I, I must no not idea. have even remembered exactly her so you know uh however in my opinion psalm 2 that's like that's what i think wine is all about i mean that's when they is that on netflix or hulu i forget now i I feel like netflix okay and that movie made that documentary made me cry other than that though i think all the rest of the wine documentaries are garbage sour grapes is pretty good that's about a whole nother topic about wine like fraud and that's really fun to watch, you know, because a lot of these, there's a lot of Bordeaux and Burgundy in the world that are kind of priceless and sold at auction at Sotheby's. And they, there is this guy, his name is Rudy, who was, had this whole operation in a house that he owned, a uh, total con man. He was able to make like fraudulent labels and sell these wines from his cellar at like insane prices and everyone talked to him and he got to drink cool wine and go to fancy dinners and never had to pay for anything. Um, he's in federal prison now, but <laughs> sour, sour grapes. That's a fun documentary. It's crazy how every industry, somebody slips in as somebody as a tries person. and yeah. somebody fails. Yeah. yeah. And some and winds up in federal <laughs> prison, right? Maybe, uh, we, maybe we can have you come back and we can analyze that or something. Cause that sounds really fun. I feel like we could cover an hour on that. Yeah, I, I really, I really got, yeah, I really got to thank you because even the the swirling of the wine to sort of bring out the the scent again, total like I can't believe that how well that works. It's amazing. So I feel like I've learned a, a lot here. This is great. Oh, good. Sorry, you know, I hope I didn't drone on for too long. I have a. I don't tendency. think you droned on ever. No, this is this is yeah. fantastic. Okay, yeah. We're really good at interrupting on this podcast. That's okay. It's literally what we do. It's it's like the definition of thunk tank is yeah. we wait till you're in the middle of a thought and then we interrupt it. <laughs> and we'll probably yell over you while yeah. while we do so. So uh, well, thank you for coming on. Hu- you met my husband, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, give him. We're a all big New Yorkers. <laughs> but it sounds to me, Alicia, like to sum everything up, it's to sum everything... everything up. Oh my god! Oh, <laughs> Luke, come in and hot. It's to try everything, taste everything, and like, share, and subscribe. There you like, go. share, and imbibe. Like, share, and imbibe. I'm just going to hit stop on the recording. We don't have to hang up yep. on the call, though. All right, everyone yeah, I can go home. <laughs> and no, thank I'm going to get some food and come right back. I, I, All right. Bye. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the Funk Tank Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you want to help us out, please consider leaving a rating or a review wherever you listen to podcasts and uh, share it with people you think might like it. And if you really want to support us, you can go over to patreon.com slash thunktankpodcast. We have links to this in in the episode description and other places. And for as little as $1 an episode, you can help us keep the lights on. And you also get access to a very special drunk tank uh, feed of episodes. So every few episodes, we'll have a few more beers and record an extra 20 to 30 minutes of extra thunky, silly uh, whateverness. So there's a separate RSS link you can get from there, and if you put that into a podcast player, you'll get your own separate feed of only the drunk tanks. I think we have about six or seven of them out already, and more to come. Thanks for listening, and stay funky. <laughs>